Mark chapter 5, and we're looking at verse 21 onwards. So we're doing a series. Um, I've turned around and expected you to see the PowerPoint, because there is no PowerPoint today. Um, and it's Mark chapter 5. We're doing a s- series on the feet of Jesus. And uh, the series really just looks at the journeys that Jesus took and what we can learn from them. And uh, so this week, we're going to look at the story that's found in Mark chapter 5, the story of Jairus' daughter. Now, if you look at verse 21, uh, what we find, it says that Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake. A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. So that's the beginning of it. And uh, so we're going to read this passage. I'm going to take a bit of it out because there's two stories that are kind of intertwined. And uh, one story is about the woman who had uh, a bleed. She was bleeding for 12 years. And I'm going to take that chunk out because I really want to focus on what happened to Jairus and his daughter. Um, because what we learn really is that when Jesus in, is in the house, things can change. And uh, if I was to ask you at the moment, what is the struggles that you have? What are those areas where you're going, this is really tough? I'm not sure that, you know, I can cope with this. It may be a relational thing. Uh, It may be family, you know, family's not going so well. It may be friendships. It may be finance. You know, you look at the bank and you think, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to cope with this? It may be health. And, you know, that's really sad news about Jenny. And we, we need to really pray for Jenny. But such tragic news. And what do you do when those things hit? And we're going to learn a little bit about how we need to put our faith, because this talk is called The Walk of Faith, how we need to put our faith in Christ. And we need to look to him. Because when we put our faith in him, he is able to do more, more than we can ask or imagine. So let's if you have your Bible, you've got your phone out, you can have a look at it. And here we go. It says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And then there's the story of the, how the woman was healed of the bleed. Because of time, I'm not going to look at that. Um, you can go away and look at it. I think Stuart preached on it a little while ago. So you can even go back on the church website and find a sermon on that. But it says this in verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. He put them all out. He took the child's father and the mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Goom, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the good girl stood up and began to walk around. At this, they were completely astonished. I forgot to say, she was 12 years old. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this, and he told them to give her something 
to eat. So where do you go when tragedy happens? This story is found in three Gospels, in the Gospel of Mark, and the Gospel of Luke, and the Gospel of Matthew. And basically, in the previous bit, it says that Jesus came over from the lake. And what happened on the other side of the lake, there was a guy called uh, Legion who was full of demons. And what the people said was basically, just go away, because you're too scary. You, you know, having you around, pigs flying into lakes and stuff, that's just too much. Just go away. But on the other side of the lake, when he arrived, everybody was like, he's here. Jesus is here. You know, great things can happen because Jesus is is here. And what we see straight away is there is a man who comes and just falls at the feet of Jesus. His name was Jairus. He was the leader of the synagogue. He was the ruler of the board of elders, which made good good order in the meetings in the synagogue. He was the administrative head of the synagogue, uh, which meant he was a man of considerable importance. He was responsible for the allocation of duties. And so he was a really, really top person in the synagogue. And someone said it's a bit like being the mayor, the number one professor in town, and the top religious person in the area. So this man had huge prestige. He was uh, probably wealthy, very high social status. And here we find him running along, face down at the the feet of Jesus, actually begging him to come to his daughter. Why? Because clearly she was dying. So we're going to look at, we're going to do four points this morning. I know that's one more than you normally get. But actually, you know, today I think we do need to divide this. It falls nicely into four bits. If we had the PowerPoint up, you'd see how good they were. No, here we go. So first of all, we're going to talk about the fact that faith was present. Okay? That this man actually had faith. Amazing faith. He'd probably heard of Jesus. I don't know if he'd seen him, but he'd he'd heard of Jesus, what Jesus was doing in the area. And he comes up to Jesus and basically said, my daughter, who's 12 years old, is dying. You can heal her. Wow. For a man who was religious, but a Jew, that was amazing that he put his faith and trust wholly in the person of Jesus. He had come to the feet of Jesus because there was nowhere else to go. And I just want to encourage you this morning that actually when stuff goes wrong, when stuff is painful and difficult, where do we go? Because if you're anything like me, you're quite independent. And you kind of get on and do things yourself and you're going to kind of work through. Um, I was diagnosed with diabetes just over 20 years ago and I remember driving home from, uh, from the hospital. Um, they poked around and taken blood out of me and then they sat, sat me down and said, you just need to inject yourself with some insulin and just holding this pen which had a needle on the end of it because everything in your body says, don't, don't hurt yourself. Don't do it. Don't do it. So I'm sitting there, you know, to inject myself and, and I just drove home and I just thought, oh, here we go, another mountain to climb thinking to myself, here we go, something else I've got to do. And maybe you're a bit like that. When stuff goes wrong, you think, well, how can I sort this? But you see, this man couldn't sort it. It was beyond him. He couldn't save his daughter. She was dying, and he knew that. And maybe the doctor had been in and said, nothing we can do. And as we face difficult things in life, I want to encourage you that there is a God who is there for you. 
And we have in Jesus the person who is able to bring about change. But you see, we need to put our faith and trust in him rather than ourselves. And maybe for you, you're like me, you're kind of independent, you know, and I can do this and I can do that. But actually, what we really need to recognize, there are times when, all the time, we need to put our faith in God. Because actually, the Bible says, without faith, we cannot do anything. And when we have faith, it means we don't look at the situation, but we look up and we look to God. And I don't know what you're going through. I know what some of you face, but maybe there are other battles that you're facing that other people do not know about. But I want to say to you today, be like Jairus and put your faith in Christ and express that faith. So the next thing, okay, um, I think we'll forget the notes because we've forgotten the PowerPoint, was that actually this man had to take a journey. And the bit I missed out was basically they took this journey along the road, okay, and as they walked along, the crowd was pressing around him. And this woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years... She probably had a menstrual bleed, which meant she was kind of um, ostracized from society, from religion. She couldn't go anywhere. She was, um, in fact, women were not even allowed to speak in public. And so she comes up behind Jesus and she just grabs the tail of his, his, his cloak. And at that point, as she reaches out, she, she is healed. Hallelujah. Everybody goes, whoa, this is amazing. She's healed. Um, Jesus knows power's gone from her. He looks around, said, who touched me? She said, oh, it's me. And, you know, he says to her, you know, your faith has healed you. Kind of go in peace. And I just wonder how Jairus felt at this point. His baby, his baby girl, 12 years old, you know, even 12 years old, they're still a baby to you, aren't they? Is there lying and she is dying. And all of a sudden, Jesus has to stop the show. Okay? He has to stop and heal somebody else. He wants to know who's... And just imagine how Jairus is feeling. He said, come on. What are you doing? We are on our way to our house. You are going to lay hands on my baby girl. <clears throat> and she is going to be healed. She's not going to die. She's going to be healed. And all of a sudden, Jesus just stops. And somebody else gets blessed. <clears throat> somebody else receives healing. And how do you think he felt? Tim Keller, who, who writes about this, is basically, if you had these two people in an emergency room, you wouldn't be dealing with a woman who's just got healed. You'd be, he, you'd be dealing with a child who's ill. And all of a sudden, the whole journey, this walk of faith, comes to a halt. And that's hard sometimes, isn't it? Because, you know, and, and, you know we, we do church family news. Maybe you should do it more often. And you hear people's stories. Oh, that's so good. And you celebrate. And you go... That's not happening in my life, is it? Maybe God's not, maybe God doesn't love me as much. Maybe God doesn't feel my pain like he feels their pain. And, and you've blessed that person, you maybe healed this person, but you haven't done it for me. And that's how he must have felt. And that's sad sometimes, isn't it? I just want to encourage you that God does love you and God is still working in your case. But you see, timing is something God is very, very good at. He doesn't arrive too late, and he doesn't arrive too early. He arrives when he knows is the best time. And I just want to encourage you, if you are struggling with stuff, you need to be like Jairus. You need to keep going. You need to keep walking.
because God will do his thing in his time. The third thing we need to think about is the the fact that that faith was tested. So as they're walking along, the whole woman thing, you know, she's been healed. Let's get the show on the road. And they keep walking. And what happens next? Somebody turns up and they declare the news to Jairus. Your daughter is dead. Okay, no subtlety. No, can we have a word? I've got some sad news for you. No, basically, she's dead. And you don't need to bother Jesus anymore because he's not needed because the girl's dead. Wow. Bang. Jairus must have just been distraught. Broken man, this girl that he loved, his only daughter, only child, by the way, is gone. And then Jesus says, what does he say? Oh, you can't see it on the screen, can you? It's on your phone. It says, what does he say? Don't be, don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Bang. Can you imagine? Jairus coming down the road. Jesus is here. We got him. We got him. Oh, no. We stopped. Come on. We've got to keep going, Jesus, because we've got to get back to my house because this girl's dying. <clears throat> Next people turn up. She's dead. She's gone. Forget it. Wow. Heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking for that man. As he feels the pain of his daughter who's dead. And yet Jesus says, ah, don't be afraid. Just believe. And maybe today, that's God's work to you. Maybe you look at your life and think, that's not turned out how I want to do, that's not turned out. And that, and that thing that just looks like it's dead. Dead in the water. But Jesus says, no. No. Don't doubt. Just believe. It's hard. But if God has made promises to you, then you need to hold on to those. You need to hold on to what God has said to you. Because God does not lie. And God will come through for you. But it's about believing. As we think about Jesus when he was, um, he, he was in his own town of Nazareth. He said he could do no miracles. No miracles. This is Jesus. Could do no miracles because there was no faith. And when things are broken and even dead, we have a God who is the God of resurrection. Whatever dreams maybe you've had, God can still revive them because he's the God of resurrection. Wow. How did he feel? Did he believe? Was he still afraid? Jesus said, come on, we're going to your house. And then Jesus is in the house. This is my last point. You'll be pleased to know. Here we go. It says, this is the, he was in the house. And of course, he came to the house and there's loads of people wailing and crying. And and in fact, those days, uh, you would employ professional mourners to come to your house. If somebody died, you'd, you know, dial up professional mourners, send them an email. Can you come around today? Because, you know, Joanna's dead and you need to make lots of noise and make lots of noise because she's gone and we're really upset so the the professional mourners turn up 
And they do their thing. They're well paid for this, by the way. And they rip their clothes. There's certain ways you could... Um, it's in my notes, but I can't be bothered to read it to you. But you rip your clothes in a certain way from here down to your navel. You can't go below the navel. And then you, as a person who's mourning, you, you can't do certain things. You can't eat meat. You can't eat, drink wine. You can't eat fish. You can, and when you, sit, when you eat, you just sit on the floor. You eat eggs with ash on them and salt. Loads of things that go on when somebody's dead. And Jesus turns up at this house and all these people go, oh, she's dead, she's gone. She, I don't know what they sang. Probably had a little instrument going as well. And all of a sudden he just says, basically, get out. Clear off. You're not needed. And they're going, well, we're going to get paid for it. Are we going to get paid for this gig? Don't know, but he said, get out. And they were like, yeah, of course. And he said, you know, she's just sleeping. And at that point they all thought he was a nutter. Because they had seen her dead on the bed. Gone. No life in her. She was gone. But Jesus said, just get out. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. And that was a phrase that we see in the New Testament a lot of times about Christians who've died and just being asleep. She was dead. And then Jesus took James and John and just checking Thank you. Some people are listening. Okay, read your Bible. Peter, James, and John go in with mum and dad, and he says these beautiful words over her. Talitha kum, which means little girl. Get up. Get up. And in that moment, everybody's mouth was like, oh my goodness. He says they were astonished. It says in the King James Version, they were astonished with astonishment. That's great, isn't it? It means they were doubly astonished. They were just blown away. The disciples had not seen Jesus kind of raise the dead, but there he was speaking to this girl, and then she comes to life. And then they're all giving her a hug and everything, and Jesus says, we better give her something to eat, you know, because you need to get her strength up because she'd probably been ill for days. So they give her, and it's lovely because it says he gives her back to her parents. It's such a beautiful story, isn't it? It is such a beautiful story. This girl who died was now resurrected to life through the words of Jesus and the touch of Jesus. And for me, it's just one of those faith stories that you look at it and this is Jesus. This is who he is. This is what he's able to do. As Paul in Ephesians says, he's, more, he's able to do more than we can ask or imagine. And when we think about our lives and we think about some of the things we're struggling with, we're trying to do, and we think about the power of Jesus, surely the power of Jesus is able to do what you need him to do. He is able to heal. He's able to save. He is able to answer every prayer that you make because who he is and his power but also his compassion. Because he loves you. And he wants the very best for you. And so this morning, I just want to kind of bring you that story. That actually this man's faith was tested. But he started at that point. He started with faith. And I just want to encourage you as church. To realize that we have a God who can. And he's able to do more than we can ask or imagine. And so I'm going to invite the team back up. And we're going to worship again.
And we're going to worship Jesus who can do these wonderful things. And maybe for you, today is, you're on that journey. And you need to look to Christ and ask for his help. To put your faith and trust in him to do what only he can do. I've um, put some anointing oil on the table. And uh, so after the service, I'm going to encourage you if you would like healing today. Because maybe you're, as I've talked, you kind of you just know that there's something in your heart and life that needs healing. We would love to pray for you, anoint you with oil, and ask that God would bring healing into your life. Maybe there's other struggles you have. We have a prayer team who would be more than willing, we'd love to pray with you, to stand with you, that you might have faith, you might see God work in those situations. So let's stand together. I'm going to pray. <clears throat> before, that's before we stand, turn around and look at words and, and worship God together. Let's take a moment to pray, shall we?